It's the Grateful Badass Podcast. Weekly, bringing you inspirational stories, conversations with a few badass guests, all while reminding you to live both in and with gratitude. It's Grateful Living, Badass Style. Hello, everybody. It's Jalen, and this week's podcast episode is celebrating the life of John Lewis. Stay tuned. This is Stacey Mack. This is your host, the Grateful Badass Podcast. Thank you so much, Jalen, for that introduction. This is episode 99, and I am both um, incredibly happy and also saddened to bring to you episode 99, uh, the celebration of the life and legacy of John Lewis, Congressman John Lewis, as we know that he passed recently on Friday, July 17th. Such a phenomenal giant on as a member of the civil proponent of the civil rights movement, such a phenomenal life of service from his early ages, um, late teens through the age of 80. Um, He was 80 years old when he passed. Uh, And just want to take a moment just to hit the highlights of John Lewis's life. I've read several different articles um, no, it may whether or not it's been the New York Times, whether or not it's been the Washington Post, or several podcasts, um, interviews of John uh, Lewis that I've heard um, in the ether on the internet, and so this is just a combination of everything that I have learned and read uh, of his life. I've never had the opportunity, unfortunately, to meet John Lewis. I know many friends have and so i just wanted to take a moment for grateful badass podcast to honor the life and legacy of john lewis he is often called one of the most courageous persons the civil rights movement ever produced that's a quote that i want to share and here it is we do not want our freedom gradual we want to be free now and that is a quote from his speech Uh, that he gave on the March on Washington in 1963, the phenomenal um, March on Washington where King gave the I Have a Dream speech. And so he was only 23 years old, I believe, at the time. And so just to backtrack, John Lewis was born in Troy, Alabama, uh, to parents who were sharecroppers. I believe he tells his story that he was uh, disgruntled and dismayed at the fact that he could not attend Troy University, an all-white institution at the time of his high school graduation, graduating from high school. He wanted to attend Troy University and could not. He applied, and I believe it said that he didn't even receive a response, and that was just, you know, it just, just saddened him. And so he wrote a letter to Dr. King he had never met Dr. King before, had never been in his uh, presence, had heard him over the radio. He says that he was inspired by Dr. King's uh, speeches that he would hear over the radio. He says that he was, um, he, it is stated that he has said that he was um, in, inspired about um, Rosa Parks and her stance uh, that she made in regards to the, uh, the bus boycott. And so he wrote a letter to Dr. King. Dr. King sent him a bus ticket to come and speak with him. And he told Dr. King, incredibly nervous, he says that he was, he told Dr. King um, that he was not able to go to Troy University and could he help him. And Dr. King spoke with him about filing a lawsuit. Well, of course, his parents were sharecroppers and they could not sign on to that. This is the segregated South uh, in Alabama. 
and anything was possible. Uh, losing their land as sharecroppers, having their house burned down, their lives being in jeopardy, just a just a myriad of things. Um, if that could have happened to the family and John Lewis himself, if he had filed a lawsuit back at that time. So John was not deterred. It's said that he uh, decided to go to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he attended Fish University and also, um, I'm told, American Baptist Theological Seminary. He started with uh, sit-ins under the tut- tutelage of Reverend John Lawson, who was um, the was the sort of coordinating person at the time and taught the students and they put they were well prepared before they went into the to the drug stores for the sit-ins they were well prepared for what was to happen and to uh in regards to the non-violent resistance and so that was their stance and so they would go in with their shirt and ties white shirts and ties and slacks and sit down at counters and were harassed and just was all kinds of crazy things well of course the sit-ins in Nashville were su- successful. Uh, they they did end up uh, integrating soon after the sit-ins began and would run. Um, they they actually did were successful in integrating the lunch counters, and so that was phenomenal. That was phenomenal work that he participated in at that time. Of course, he was jailed for uh, during that time of the sit-ins, and I've I've read where he was. John Lewis has been jailed, had been jailed over forty times over the course of his lifetime for something that he stood for. That is just incredible and um, very inspiring just to hear that fact fact alone. And so from the sit-ins, he would move to a freedom writer. I'm told he was uh, one. I've read he is one of 13 of the 13 original freedom writers that would ride on buses country um, around the country from state to state uh, in order to integrate um, bus terminals, interstate bus terminals, which was dangerous. Uh, You had the KKK, um, you had crazy white people that would, um, you know, try to harm the, the individuals on the buses. And it's just all kinds of crazy things. And so John Lewis participated as a freedom writer. And then he would take that, then and then he would move on his work for, as a freedom writer, and he would move on in his working for SNCC, uh, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and which would lead to his participation. Um, that's the famous march in, in Selma, which led to Bloody Sunday, where it's been noted that he was... Um, it's just crazy if you've seen the video and the way those marchers were and participants were uh, just, even if you've seen the movie Selma, it's just unbelievable. He was, his skull was fractured. He says he thought he was going to die. And there was one gentleman uh, before that march that did die actually um, around the whole um, march in Selma for voting rights. On, on They were trying to obtain the right to vote. And of course, um, thankfully, after Bloody Sunday, which just aired across the country, Lyndon B. Johnson was moved um, to sign the Voting Rights Act of 1965. So John Lewis has been uh, a participant of so many, I'm sure there were many losses, but he is the participant of so many wins and during his time um, in service as a um, a member of the civil rights movement. 
And so he will move on from um from from Selma to uh from protest to politics. And in Atlanta, Georgia in 1981, he served it started in 1981. He would start as serving as Atlanta city councilman. He served for what six or seven years and then 1987 he won a seat to the United States Congress for the 5th Congressional District of Atlanta, Georgia, and had served ever since up to the date of his death on July 17th, and has just paved the way for so many others uh, to standing in the gap for so many others, the least of these uh, African-American peoples, LGBT and uh, Q community, um, beginning with the Civil Rights Movement, a participant of the March on Washington, sit-ins and the Freedom Riders, just such a life of as a courageous and brave person uh, going after what he believed in. And he is stated as sharing as he was a young kid, just seeing the separate uh, water fountains and colored here and, and whites only here. It's just, he just knew and felt that it was wrong. And I just want to know how many of us are just standing up and speaking out and making action, not only speaking speaking up, but just doing the work for what we believe is wrong. And uh, right now, it's very um, it's very intuitive in leading to where we are right now with the protests of the summer 2020, uh, which was began after the murder of George Floyd and so many others. But George. Floyd was just sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back with the nation, I assume, because we've been losing black and brown people, men and women, for so many years. And so many names, it's too many names to name. And it actually saddens my heart to just go through the names, to see the, na the list of names of uh, brothers and sisters that we have lost due to police brutality over the years and all over the country. Just senseless, senseless. Um, um, just death and police brutality and it's just it's just um, I'm inspired by the life and legacy of John Lewis um, to get out and as he would say uh, to make uh, to be participate in good trouble necessary trouble to speak up and speak out and to get into trouble and so um, that's what I have for you um, today and one other thing that I learned in my research and bringing this podcast episode to you was back in 1988 I, I, I wasn't aware that John Lewis had brought the bill to start the the process for the African American Museum uh, in DC that stands today that opened in 2016 I believe it opened in 2016 well anyhow back in 1988 was when he would bring a bill to to start the process for African Americans to have their own uh, museum under the Smithsonian Institute. Um, and so Jesse, Senator Jesse Hems of North Carolina would block that bill year after year after year after year. And John Lewis was not deterred. Each year he would bring the bill. And finally, I, I've read that John he Jesse Hems did not seek a reelection in 20 in 2002 and in 2003 the bill carried and from that date that year forward we now have the african-american museum of history and culture which is such a beautiful museum i was able to visit it back with my daughter back in 20 i think it was a, a visit not too long ago after the opening maybe um 2016 2017 i was able to visit the museum and it's just 
phenomenal and everyone should definitely go and visit it. But I didn't know that fact and I wanted to share that with you. And that just completely shows his persistence as well and so many wonderful things that he has done in Cong Congress and also for the city of Atlanta and across uh, folks across the nation. So uh, rest well, John Lewis. We thank you for your service. We are incredibly grateful for you and your legacy. And we hope to use your life as a uh, guide map on how we can govern ourselves, stay motivated, be courageous and brave, just as you uh, were and had been so many throughout so many decades of your life. And so that's what I have for you. And um, that's a, an amazing story to share on Grateful Badass Podcast. For the next segment, what are we grateful for this week? I am grateful for Khan Academy helping me study. Thank you, Sal Khan. I have to say uh, this past week, I am putting to working as creative director of the Grateful As Ever Daily Quarantine Notes book. Since I'm self-publishing, I'm working so many different facets in regards to the book, but I'm definitely grateful for the process Grateful for the book that will be released soon. Episode 98 compilation of notes from myself and Jalen. And so we're super excited about the book. And uh, I'm really grateful this past week and today for the book and for the process because I'm learning um, so much. And I'm so excited for our readers to share to, to share the, the book with the reader with our, with our readers so that's what I'm grateful for so let us know what are you grateful for that's all I have for this episode 99 and as my maternal grandmother would always say have a good day today and a better day tomorrow bye